Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hear that jingle jingle? It could be Kris Kringle. Or a home invader coming down the chimney. A jilted lover flashing a knife under the mistletoe. Or a disgruntled co-worker at the office Christmas party lacing the punch with arsenic. It's disgusting. Jen and Cam, the hosts of our true crime podcast, are always on Santa's nice list. But this holiday season, they're filling your stockings with 12 nightmarish crimes committed by the lowest scumbags on the naughty list. It happened in Florida, so everybody's now going, oh, Oh. They'll be coming down the chimney, counting down the 12 nights till Christmas. Did I say it's six? Four, five, seven, eight, nine. That's it. With a different true crime case every night, each one naughtier than the last. This one is a doozy. So spike your eggnog. It's going to make you want to regurgitate. Because you'll need it for our true crime podcast's 12 Nightmares Before Christmas. They're coming to town December 13th through 24th. Listen to our true crime podcast on your favorite podcast apps. Well, I cannot wait. Hit me with it. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Dive right in. We are. We are. We are Cultivate. 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 We are Cultivate. so much for tuning in to Weird Distractions Podcast. This is a weekly show where I, your host Alex, rotate discussing true crime cases, paranormal hotspots, eerie folklore tales, urban legends. At one point I was doing conspiracy theories, but it's been a minute, so, you know, I'll get back into that eventually. But all of this to provide you and more than likely what Ned Madrell would have considered a weird distraction from everyday life. This week's episode includes an extra special guest, being Lindsay from Ye Old Crime. Welcome back to Weird Distractions. Woo 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 woo. Thanks for having me. Oh, anytime. Like literally, if you just want to hop on all the time, I wouldn't be mad about it. But anything shape or form, you want to join the show? You are more than welcome. <laughs> Thanks. No problem. Now, for folks tuning in for the very first time, who are like, who is Lindsay? And why is Alex gassing her up so much? Well, it's because we share ink together. We do. And Lindsay and her sister, Madison, Maddie, why does that feel unnatural? Mm-hmm. Okay, I feel she goes really by either. unnatural calling her Madison, like I'm her mother. All this- I know, it's weird. It's Ooh. weird because I always refer to her as Maddie. So it's weird okay. when she refers to herself as Madison. Her name is, we're going to go with Maddie. Lindsay and her sister Maddie have a show called Yale Crime. And Linz, I'm wondering if you can tell the listeners of Weird Distractions who haven't heard your lovely voice a little bit more about your show. Sure. So as you mentioned, Yale Crime is a podcast that I do with my younger sister Madison slash Maddie that where we discuss uh, crimes that took place pre-1900. So we discuss a lot of kind of unknown, obscure crimes. Some are funny, some are really depressing, but we try to take a positive or kind of funny spin on the stories. Uh, and it, we try to share ones that people have never heard of before. So that's kind of our, your shtick. Yeah. And that's why I appreciate your show because you cover cases that, again, never heard of, probably wouldn't have, have heard of unless you listen in. So Lens, when can people tune in to Yield Crime? When are, when do you release episodes? I, I know when, but can you tell mm-hmm. the rest of the people in this room when? Sure. So we release new content every Wednesday, and we also have a bi-monthly segment called Can You Crack the Cramp Word? Where I invite fellow podcasters on the show um, so we can kind of introduce our listeners to other podcasts that they may be interested in. And I also quiz them with a couple of Victorian slang terms to see if they can guess. That's also a fun segment that we do usually twice a month. 
So. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, am I still the reigning, 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 reigning champ? I can't even talk. I can't even say a proper word, but. Yeah, actually, you and Dustin from Sandman Stories Presents are the only two people who have ever been on the show who have gotten both right. Okay, so Dustin and I are going to have to go head and head. I actually was going to invite both of you on for a future amazing episode in the new year and be like you guys need to go head to head beautiful so beautiful okay so for folks tuning in definitely stay tuned for that and now i think it's time to get into what we're talking about today yes so this week i'm covering a folklore slash paranormal hybrid if you will that was requested by my lovely guest Lindsay. Mm-hmm. but before jumping into that Lindsay and i are going to take turns quickly kind of telling each other what we need a distraction from as always if you have a need for a distraction that you'd like for me to read on air whether you need a distraction from your parents maybe your siblings maybe your colleagues or maybe the fact that seasonal depression is already kicking your ass mm-hmm Feel free to send it my way by either sending me a DM or sending me an email at weirddistractionspodcast at outlook.com. Lens, what is your need for a distraction this week? This might be a very loaded question. Yes. So, <laughs> like many people currently in the job market in the United States, I am currently seeking employment. Uh, I was part of a layoff and because I was laid off prior to the holidays, it's been a little difficult trying to find something. So yeah. uh, my need for a distraction is to have something that kind of makes me laugh. So I stop uh, thinking about how sad I am that I don't have a job. You know what? That's fair. Make me laugh, Alex. Pressure's on, bitch. My golly. Oh boy. Okay. Hands are sweaty. Knees weak. Um, my need for distraction. It's that time of year. Mm-hmm. Seasonal depression. It's already creeping up on my back. So yeah, that's my need for distraction this week. I just am feeling very down. My energy's like very low. Yep. I wake up. I go to work. It's dark outside. I come home. It's dark outside. Mm-hmm. Luckily, where I live right now, we don't have snow yet, mm-hmm. but it's coming. And everything's very expensive. And yeah, that's that's my need for a distraction this week. Speaking of needs for distraction, I think it's time we just get into this week's episode. What do you say? I concur. Beautiful. As folks tuning in may have already guessed, because it's in the title of the episode, I don't make fun title names or anything like that i just tell it how like it is so as people tuning into this week's episode may have guessed this week Lindsay and i are talking about the infamous case revolving jeff the talking mongoose so i know we talked about this before we hit the record button Linz, how much of this case do you know i have heard it once before but it has been so long that i have forgotten the details okay um I just yep. love the fact that it's his name is Jeff, and uh, yeah, I want to remember a little bit more about Jeff. Fair enough. I personally have heard the case a handful of times. I think the last podcast I listened to that covered it was maybe that spooky with Johnny and Tyler, but I feel as though it's a case I've heard so many times, but I actually didn't know much about it other than mm-hmm. Jeff the Talking Mongoose, and it was kind of this weird thing in the UK and what have you, so... Having said that, buckle up for my rendition of this absolutely bizarre tale, which took place on the Isle of Man, and I'll get into that in a little bit too, Mm -hmm. and explain the Isle of Man, because when I saw that name, I was like, pardon, there's an Isle of Men? Mm -hmm. Anyways, due to potential coarse language, distressing topics, and other potential disturbing adult themes that could be discussed today, listener discretion is advised. So before we get loosey-goosey with all of our speculations about Jeff the Talking Mongoose and everything that made this case so weirdly famous, let me paint the scene a bit further. Mm -hmm. Firstly, I'll explain to those who maybe don't have their noses pressed to a map where the Isle of Man is. Because if you're like me, you saw the name, the title of it, and you're like, wait, Mm -hmm. what? 
<laughs> Pardon? Yeah. <laughs> what? What? I don't know about those in geography. Um, so according to my very quick Google search, the Isle of Ban is an island located in the Irish Sea betwixt England and Ireland. So she's just a little nestled right in between the two, those two countries. And originally I thought it was part of the United Kingdom after a first glance, which I think I already mentioned it's a UK thing. Um, however, I'm already wrong. So mm-hmm. resources such as Britannica noted that this is not the case, <laughs> but rather the island is considered a crown possession and has been since 1828. Of course it is. Of course it is. So this means for those who are like me, I'm like, what's a crown possession? Does that mean it's very pretty on something? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Basically, this means that it's self-governing in its inter- internal affairs under the supervision of the British Home Office. So basically, this island is a teenager who's allowed to stay at home when its parents are at work, but doesn't have like full independence. Gotcha. Does that make that sense? Was, that was a good analogy. Yeah. Thank you. So they, they think they know what they're doing and they can do things to a certain point. But yeah. at the end of the day, their parents are the ones that kind of make the rules. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, for example, like it can make pizza pops in the microwave, but it can't fold the laundry properly yet. Sure. So today's tale takes place within this island during the early 1930s, which I think goes without saying probably was a pretty isolating time. I mean, there's no Wi-Fi, there's no Bluetooth, there's no internet, there's nothing. Like, it's... Yeah. Yeah, a little isolating. Pretty boring to today's standards. Yeah. So the story consists of the Irving family. The Irving family is James, sometimes referred to as Jim in some resources, Margaret, his wife, their 16-year-old son, Gilbert, who sometimes is mentioned... In the storyline, and sometimes Gilbert's just like not there. So I don't know what's going on with Gilbert. He's a crown possession. No one. He's there, but no one. No one governs like, him. Supervising him he's from just afar. Like, he's like, I'm here. I'm not. I'm here. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. He is capable of making his own lunch, but no one really knows what he's doing. Once he goes basically. outside until the light, the street lights come on, no one knows where he's at. No one knows. No one knows. And so. On top of Gilbert, or along with Gilbert, they also have a 13-year-old daughter named Vori. Uh, Vori, we're going to hear a lot about, and I hope I'm pronouncing the name right, because I just realized I did not jolly phonics it, so. <laughs> Ooh. Fab's it fun over here. Um, but anyways, the family were hanging out at their home on the island on what seemed to be a normal day in September of 1931. And yet normality was soon slipping away from their fingertips when they reportedly began hearing persistent scratching, barking, hissing, rustling, and what has been described as infant-like noises behind their farmhouse's wooden wall panels. So there's hanging out, I don't know what people did in 1931 on an island but probably chores of some sorts i would assume and then all of a sudden i'm i'm picturing i'm picturing puzzles lots of puzzles Mm -hmm. yeah lots of maybe some checkers yeah oh checkers cards cards yeah euchre in an attempt to scare off whatever was causing ruckus behind the walls, James, who's like the patriarch of the family, supposedly growled at this unknown creature entity behind the walls, which as one does, you yeah. know, when you hear something scratching your walls, you growl at it because you are an adult man, a monster. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, Lindsay, what would you do in that scenario? Would you growl at your walls if you heard something hissing barking or would you maybe do something different i might uh do some banging on the wall to see if i can scare it to scare it away uh barking at it is probably not my original go-to it wouldn't be my first choice no no i feel like i maybe yell at it or like clap or yeah just bang on the wall like when you're like when your next door neighbor in your apartment is being like super loud or something you kind of just like you know, bang on the wall a little bit, like a few times. Yeah. To get him to stop. Yeah. Like, hey, I hear you. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. Like, keep it down. Yeah. Why are you playing Spice Girls at three in the morning? Yeah. I'll tell you what I want, what I really want for you to shut up. I yeah. want you to shut the hell up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Turn it down. 
Uh, but yes, James did not do that. And so Vori, the youngest of the clan, decided she wanted to take a stab at trying to see what this thing was. She apparently decides to tell nursery rhymes to this thing. So she's like, okay, dad, enough with the growling. Ew. I'm going to teach whatever's behind this wall nursery rhymes, hickory dickory dock, and figure out if it can communicate with us. Because maybe it can. Maybe, maybe hissing and barking and scratching is just what it thinks or how it thinks we communicate. Maybe we need to actually speak to it like it's a human. And so she does. Instead of barking at it, dad. Yeah, instead of barking at it, dad. Ugh, uncivilized man. Um, so yeah, she, Loser. She, she tells all these nursery rhymes and she's asking this entity, this animal, whatever it is behind the wall, can you repeat these back to me? And the Irving family would later report that the entity did as asked in a clear, high-pitched voice. Yeah. Already, no, I'd prefer the scratching at this point. Like, I don't want to hear a nurse rhyme back to me in a high-pitched voice, period. Yeah, I'd be like, okay, uh, let's get the holy water yep. and some sage because yeah. <laughs> uh, there is a demon in the wall. There is a demon in the like, walls and I'm not okay. I am not doing well right yeah. now. Shortly after this took place, the entity behind the walls introduced itself properly to the family as Jeff, which it's spelled G-E-F. Um, I hate it. I hate that it's spelled with a G. Yeah. It itches my brain in a way I don't like. Just spelled with a J, my guy. Yeah, Anyways. it's like when people pronounce GIF as JIF, even though it's oh, got oh, a G in it. Yeah. yeah. Like, I get it. Yeah. No, I get it, it, but I hate it yeah. a lot. I understand. I respect your where you're coming from. I just don't accept it. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Yep. Um, but Jeff introduced himself as such and said he was an extra clever mongoose. So for those who are like, okay, cute, what's a mongoose? Mm -hmm. it, fair enough. A mongoose is a small carnivore creature with similarities to meerkat uh, that Britannica states can be found mainly in Africa, but also in Southern Asia and Southern Europe. Their temperament is apparently unpredictable, like most wildlife. Mm -hmm. And needless to say, you probably don't want a hungry one stuck in your walls because it's going to get hangry and it's going to get violent. And again, they're carnivores. Mm-hmm. Soon, too. I just, I just think of, if you are familiar with the story of Ricky Ticky Tabby by Rudyard Kipling. No. Um, that is about a mongoose, and that is set in India, I oh, believe. Okay. Um, Or maybe it is Africa. Uh, I can't remember, but it looks kind of like a weasel or kind of yeah. like a... Like a ferret, yeah. Um, but they're very smart. They're very intelligent. Yep. And um, at least Ricky Ticky Tavi's mongoose likes to attack and eat snakes. Okay. Which I'm pretty sure they don't have those in Ireland because didn't like St. Patrick like. Well, I don't drive all the snakes off of the island. Isn't that the story? Honestly, I don't know. Who I don't know. I and I mean it's an island between Ireland and like maybe there are snakes there, and that's why the mongoose was like, "I have been summoned." I've been summoned to get rid of all the snakes, maybe. Or but then, yeah, who knows? Um, anyways, so Jeff was considerably different than the average wild mongoose. He apparently spoke English, which already is uh you know setting the bar pretty high a regular mongoose doesn't do that he also spoke some russian main hebrew welsh hindustani flemish italian and arabic that's a very very cultured mongoose yeah right man's more cultured than i am i did google it and okay. yes, according to legend, St. Patrick banished snakes from the Isle of Man when he arrived. Oh. So they have no native snakes. And the only land-based reptile native to the island is a common lizard. So here's my theory. What if James Irving was a snake? Like a snake of a person. Mm-hmm. You know? He was a parcel tongue. So 
But instead of a parcel tongue, he like just barked. Well, yeah. He, like he was like, this thing's barking. Yeah, he, he responded in a very interesting way. He didn't bust out the nursery rhymes like his daughter. So automatically yeah. he's a snake. He's just he's just an odd man. We'll just say that. The whole situation's odd, and we're going to keep getting into it. So, yeah. Jeff also would inform the curious Irving family that he was born in New Delhi, India, sometime in 1852, before claiming that he was an 80 something year old freak. The direct quote from Jeff is I am a freak. I have hands and I have feet. And if you saw me, you'd faint. You'd be petrified, mummified, turn into stone or a pillar of salt. End quote. That's why he lives in the walls. That's why he lives in your walls, because he's a freak. Yeah. There's just so much to unpack. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where to begin. So Jeff eventually would further describe himself as not only being a mongoose or a freak, uh, but an earthbound spirit and a ghost in the form of a weasel with the ability to shape shift and even become invisible. So now we're, I feel like now we're starting to get into like Harry Potter territory. Yeah, like he's got a cloak of invisibility and magical stuff. Yeah. 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 Speaking of shape-shifting, sometime in 1932, James and his daughter Vori were home alone when they saw an unusually large orange cat that was, quote, striped like a tiger. Knowing it wasn't a normal house cat and perhaps scared, James shot at the creature, but it vanished. He just... Because James just... James doesn't have a good reaction response. Like, his reactions are shit. He just wakes up and chooses violence. He's like, you know what? I'm going to bark aggressively at this thing in the mm-hmm. wall. I see this cat outside and I'm like, I need I'm to shoot, shoot that. It. Like, yep. it turns out, though, that the cat wasn't actually a tiger or a cat. While relaying the events later in the evening to his wife, Margaret, Jeff called out from the walls, it was me you saw, Jim. And that was that. Why'd you shoot at me, Jim? I thought we were friends, Jim. I made you a friendship bracelet and everything. I've been speaking, you snake, Arabic at you. I say nursery rhymes in <laughs> Arabic towards you. And this is how you repay me? You shoot bark, at bark. me? Bark, 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 <laughs> you bitch. Bark, bark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Their relationship dynamic has got to be very tense. Or was very so tense. tense. Sorry. So tense. If shape-shifting wasn't already impressive, Jeff seemingly knew how to dance and had interests in cars and flying. He coughed in a manner which sounded absolutely human. Basically, he had a long resume of interesting characteristics, and yet he was still single. I don't know. I'm just adding the last part. Tinder wasn't a thing yet, so he couldn't share these interests with the world. No. and fellow uh mongai mongooses mongai mongooses mongooses i don't know yeah well we'll workshop that one yeah (laughs) so initially the irving family wasn't on board with jeff especially james the weird historian website wrote quote the racket was keeping the family up at night and driving them crazy fed up james tried to capture jeff with a series of traps gunshots and poisons but Jeff was too smart and wouldn't be caught, end quote. God, he does choose violence. Yeah. He is just... James is a violent man. James is a snake. I'm telling you this. He is. Also, a group of mongooses can be called a mob, a, mob. a pack, a gang, a troop, a committee, or a delegation. So they can either choose violence or be very bureaucratic. I was going to so, say, why, is, why did this get so political all of a sudden? They can be a gang of New York or Parliament. Parliament. Who knows? You know what? It's You're always picking one or the other. You're either gang gang yep. or you're pushing papers on the White House, I guess. Or you're gavel gavel. You know, you're one of the two. <laughs> one of the two. You can't be either. You can't be both. You have to be one or the other. You got to pick one. <laughs> Sweet niblets. All right, so James and his family knew that they had two choices at this point. Continue to be unsuccessful in ridding their home of Jeff or option two, embrace him. I mean, now that I'm saying this out loud, they also had a third option of just moving, but... Right. 
who knows what real estate was like back then on the Island of Man, right? In 1931. For some reason, and I know this is completely wrong. For some reason, I just pictured them being the solo house on this island, like on top of a hill or something. Like It's just them. They're this solo yeah. house. It's just them. It's just them just and Jeff. Just them and Jeff. Like, just them and Jeff. Just the five of us. Or sorry, no, wait. Hold on. Just the four of us and our talking mongoose. Just the four of us. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so... They chose the latter. They chose to embrace Jeff. And accounts claim, I wrote, accounts claim the Irving family actually became part of the Irving family. I edit my own stuff. They became a committee of mongooses. <laughs> they too transformed into mongoose. Gang, gang. Gang, gavel, gavel. Gavel, gavel. Accounts claim that Jeff became a member of the Irving family. Things were blissful for a bit until Jeff began attracting others from outside of the home. So this kind of dismays your visual imagination of the family. There is more than just them on the island. Yes. And I mean, who wouldn't yep. be interested? If Let's say if I had a neighbor down the road, they're like, hey, we have a talking mongoose in our walls. I would be there so fast. And then I barked at it. Yeah. Because I do choose violence. Yeah. I do choose violence. So people began hearing about Jeff and the Irving's claims. And so they began wanting to visit the Irving home to interact with Jeff, especially reporters. Reporters were like, oh, my gosh, a talking mongoose and a wall? Yum, yum, yum. Let me eat this up. I'm going to be there so quick. Fascinating. <laughs> yeah. It's 1931. The news is depressing. Let's get into this positive i don't know weird paranormal thing i imagine there isn't a lot of uh gripping news on the isle of man i could be wrong but uh no i'm gonna say it's a no for me on that one i i don't think i don't think there was a lot going on on one occasion a visitor who was there to see jeff comes in i don't know if margaret was taking him around or james was but at some point margaret's not present in the room and this visitor makes a comment about margaret's shoes now i don't know what exactly this person said but i don't think it was great because jeff heard what this person said uh -oh. and he told margaret everything that was said and then margaret mm -hmm. got pissed yeah and like called this visitor out and was just like how dare you make a comment on my shoes you don't even have a mongoose in your walls. Like, I don't, just petty stuff. So Jeff was a little bit of a tea spiller from my understanding. Just going to say. He's a little bit of a shit disturber, for lack of a better term. Like, but also maybe if you want to flip it, he was loyal to his family. He was loyal to Irving. There you go. Someone said Margaret's shoes were maybe ugly. And he's like, I'm going to tell her. I'm going to tell her. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Oh, you didn't. Oh, no. So people would go in, they would claim that they would hear Jeff, but no one ever saw Jeff. And that was kind of like a, all right, like, what's going on here? And mm -hmm. we're hearing stuff, but uh, mm -hmm -hmm. where's the physical evidence? Yep. Because, again, you want to you be able to say, yes, I saw it with my own eyes. Yeah. You don't want to be like, well, I heard something, but I didn't actually see anything. So Yeah, exactly. So there would be physical evidence that would be further investigated, which, with that said, let's dive into some of the psychical investigations that took place. So I'm going to cover two separate investigations, with the first one involving Harry Price. Harry, for those who don't know, is a pretty iconic name in the spiritualism world. Have you heard of him? I'm, yeah. Haven't you talked about him on the show? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I mentioned him at some point in an episode. So, yeah, I was I'm familiar yeah. with the name. So during Harry's lifetime, he went on to try and debunk many spiritual claims across the world. Uh, Weird distractions listeners may recall the name from episode 39. Just a little bit of a throwback uh, when I covered Helen Duncan because he kind of got involved with with her stuff. A quick bio on Harry. He was born a Capricorn like myself, uh, on January 17th of 1881 in London and was behind the creation of the National Laboratory of Psychical Research. 
Harry was involved in other groups as well and reportedly was friends with other debunkers, such as the famous Harry Houdini. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So I would kill to been in like one of their social circles back in the day. Oh, man. Like, just to hear the conversation. To be a fly on the wall in like... Oh, to be a mongoose in those walls. Right. An invisible mongoose <laughs> just scratching away in those walls. Speaking Russian. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Yes, yes. So our boy Harry Price gets involved with the curious case of Jeff in around 1932-ish, as James Irving begins sending letters requesting him to take a gander at Jeff. He's saying, hey, I've got this talking mongoose. He's saying he's a ghost. Mm -hmm. Weird stuff's happening. Please come. Unfortunately, Harry was tied up in a different investigation when James had initially reached out, so Harry sent a representative of the National Laboratories Council by the name of Captain McDonald in February of 1932. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, here I am. So. <laughs> yeah. Ahoy, matey. Ahoy. I'm here with my cows. <laughs> this particular visit did not equate in any groundbreaking spiritual evidence, as the Skeptical Review noted that McDonald later reported that the talking done by Jeff only occurred when Vori Irving, so the, the youngest daughter, mm -hmm. was absent from the room and that the animal said he would only speak if Vori was gifted a camera or a gramophone. So basically, mm -hmm. Jeff, quote unquote, Jeff said, well, I'll only talk if Vori gets a gift, basically. Mm -hmm. um, kind of a red flag. Yep. Yep. Just a little bit. Yeah. Kind of like those podcast promoters I always message you. It's like, oh, I'll promote your podcast. Um, you'll get like 100,000 downloads in a day, but you have to give me your social insurance number. It's, or sorry, yeah. social security number. It's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also a Nigerian prince, by the way. <laughs> yes. And I do want to marry you. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So. After McDonald visited, James Irving continued to write to Harry asking him to come and had sent some hair that James claimed was Jeff's. Gross. So I did. Yep. Disgusting. Don't send hair in how the mail. He, if he lives in the walls, how do you get it? I'm just saying James is a fucking snake. Where? Nothing's making sense. Where's the receipts? Where are the receipts? Make it make sense. Where are the receipts? So I did come across a website that had some of James's letters. So I'll read you... A blurb from one because I thought it was interesting. Quote, the animal in question has been seen by myself and daughter of 14, Vori, in one of the two bedrooms of my house on several occasions in the month of October last. My daughter has on two occasions in January 1932 seen its tail only in the small back kitchen in a hole in the wall. My wife has seen it on one occasion only in October. The color is yellow, not too pronounced, after the ferret. The tail is long and bushy and tinged with brown. In size, it is about the length of a three-parts grown rat in the body without the tail. It can and does pass through a hole about one and a half inches diameter. I personally am strongly inclined to the view that is a hybrid between a stoat and a ferret. The bushy tail is not that of a stoat or stoat, and the size certainly half that of the ferrets I have examined. My daughter says the face is all yellow and the shape is more that of a hedgehog, flattened as the snout after the fashion of a domestic pig, end quote. Oh, God. This man just got, like, his first barnyard animal mm -hmm. book of swords. The captain brought it over and was just like, okay, yep. what can I tell Harry Price? What animal can I pick to, like, Frankenstein this creature I'm claiming lives in my walls? What are your thoughts? I'm just trying to picture this creature. So... About the size of a rat, but... The body is the size of a rat. But with a really bushy tail, which ferrets have bushy mm -hmm. tails. Okay. Um, yep. Yellow. Like, what kind yellow. of yellow? Like, is it blonde fur? Is it, like, bright yellow? Is it, like... What shade of yellow? Like, is it urine yellow? Like, what? <laughs> is this? 
Is it a piss yellow? Is it a sunshine yellow? A baby chick yellow? Like, is it like a like a prolonged smoker's yellow? Like you know how some people, yeah, like the one on the like walls, smoking. Yeah, yeah, yep, yellow on that? the walls. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm picturing like a very because hedgehogs have long, very very angular face. Yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like a triangle face. But if it had a smush nose, that just makes me think of like a Persian, like a Persian cat, how they have like the smush faces or like a pug. Yeah. Maybe? Like, honestly, my first thought was pug. I'm like, is this a pug? Yeah. Now I'm just picturing like the pug from the Pocahontas animated Disney movie. Yep. He's just stuck in the wall. He's just stuck in the wall, speaking Russian, smoking. That's why he's yellow. <laughs> Rhyming nursery rhymes. Maybe he's yellow from all the like insulation that he's like rolling around through in the house oh yeah it's just insulation <laughs> 1930s insulation to me just feels scratchy yep it's just all asbestos it's all asbestos so it was july of 1935 when harry goes to visit the isle of man to meet this alleged jeff and the irving family alongside his broadcasting slash historian friend richard lambert so when Harry and Richard pulled up, the Irvings showed them what they classified as physical evidence of Jeff. So this is great. This is this is what we've been asking for. We've been asking for the physical evidence. We've been asking for mm -hmm. the bread and butter of all of this. Mm -hmm. So the evidence was footprints, stains on the wall, and hair samples that the family claimed to be from Jeff. Okay. However... It would later be determined that the pieces of evidence were actually belonging to the Irving's sheepdog, whose name was Mona. Mona okay. was also supposedly behind several photos, which were claimed by the Irvings to depict Jeff. So they're like, oh my gosh, this is Jeff. And after further investigation, like, no, that's your dog. That's your sheepdog. That's Mona. <laughs> that's Mona the good girl for doing all this. You remember, remember the dog you have? <laughs> yeah, remember yeah. this? That's your dog. Sheepdogs massive. Am I? Or no? I'm thinking of like they're the Irish sheepdog. Um, it's a sheepdog. Hold on, let me do a quick Google search. Because okay, so this is going to sound ridiculous. Um, I am on the Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift bandwagon, and I've been watching a lot of like the New Heights podcast clips. So I know his brother Jason has. I think it's an irish sheepdog and those things are massive an irish sheephound oh maybe that's it so a sheepdog i mean they're big they're yeah they're big Look at yeah that they're thing. they're not mongoose sized they're dogs not... like no. that would be very obvious that you're taking a picture of a dog yeah it's very very obvious that that's that's not that's not a mongoose sir that's a that's a sheepdog yeah Tell me you don't know your animals, James. I mean, for one, he just barks at things, so... He is an animal. He, he is the animal. He is the animal at the end of the day. So, yeah, Mona, the sheepdog, the Irving's sh poor sheepdog that, I don't know, I say poor, but who knows, maybe the dog was really taken care of. But I think poor Mona, because this poor thing was being broadcasted as something it wasn't. And that's not fair. Well... Well, and if you look at their coat, if you look at a picture of a sheepdog, they are a little bit yellow. It's like a blondish colored yeah. fur. So I could see that. Yeah. But again, they're massive. They are massive dogs. They are not. They're not gangs in small. the world. Or no, sorry. They're not gangs in the world. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're not a committee in the walls. Yeah. A parliament, if a you will. A parliament, if you will. So the physical evidence quickly was thrown out the window, in which this obviously didn't help the Irvings case to prove Jeff's existence. And at this point in my notes, I started spelling Jeff accidentally by G. It was just G. <laughs> G's existence was out the window. Diminished. G you not. <laughs> Am I right? G unit. <laughs> G parliament. <laughs> Again, it's one or the other. You're the gang gang or you're parliament. You can't be both. Or you're the gavel gavel. I mean. So on top of all this, resources have indicated that while Harry and Richard were at the Irvings home, Jeff refused to appear and he refused to speak. So they're like, OK, we came to this island. Mm -hmm. We're getting nothing. 
like beautiful place, I'm I'm sure. But yeah. we're not we're not getting what we there's no snakes. There's no snakes. <laughs> no snakes, no ghosts, no talking geese. All we got is Mona, beautiful dog. She's she's the goodest of the girls, but uh not yeah. what we came here for. No gift shop. That we know of. No, that we know, that we're aware of. Furthermore, the investigative duo did some further snooping around the Irving home. Harry later stated that he witnessed the heavy paneled double walls throughout the house where there was a three-inch gap, causing sound to carry in strange ways. So they're like, interesting. Why are your walls looking like yeah. this? What are you doing behind the walls? I mean, that's not a lot of space, but that is enough space for, yeah, sound would travel, especially if you mm-hmm. put something in there in order to speak into it. Yeah. Like a something. Paper towel roll. I don't know. But if, the, if they had those in the 1935s, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> that old year, that old chestnut. You know, that year, <laughs> the year of the 1935s. Harry was also able to take a look at what the Irvings called Jeff, Jeff's sanctum. So his like safe space, I guess. His inner sanctum. Yeah. Uh, an area in Vori's room out of all the rooms in the house. Interesting. That's mm. her room, which toward the ceiling, I guess there were places where he could like hang out and kind of play with a ball that they gave to him or that maybe he just brought into the home himself i picture you know those um i don't know what's called not like a basket but it's like a hanging thing where you put all your stuffed animals when you're a kid oh yeah 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 like a like a like a net yes a net thank you yeah i i picture that Mm -hmm. like a little hammock type thing yeah yeah a little mongoose hammock nook with a ball because you know See, and, and i immediately went to like a cat tree but the, the hammock thing makes more sense they just have a really nice cat tree this is where jeff lives they got it as a black friday sale off amazon <laughs> do you deliver to the isle of man actually that's a good question does amazon deliver to the isle of man is there anywhere Googling amazon it. won't okay thank you people that are listening are like we don't care just tell us the story but you know what it's these are the facts that you can take to a party mm-hmm. and tell them to your friends or coworkers or people that you hate that you want to seem smarter around. Like, did you know? Yes, they do. That Amazon delivers? They do. See? There yep. you go. Fun fact. There you go. Yep. There we go. Perfect. After finding Jeff's safe space out, according to the Skeptic Review website, Jeff seemingly, interestingly, became active only when... Harry and Richard left. So after they're done doing their search around the house, they, again, see the safe space, whatever, for Jeff. At some point, they Harry and Richard leave. They're like, all right, cool. Like, this was cute, I guess. Thanks for this weird trip to the island. Mm-hmm. We're going to leave because nothing's happening. And as soon as they left, Jeff all of a sudden comes out. And he's like, oh, hey, how's it going? Did I miss something? Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I don't think Harry or Richard gave Lori anything. I don't think there was any gifts provided. I was going to say, did she get that gramophone that she really wanted or? No, Santa was not or good. that Jeff wanted <laughs> yeah. her to have. Mm-hmm. Santa was not good to Lori uh, that year. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I don't. Neither was Amazon. Neither was Amazon, no. I don't think, I don't think that was the case. So that also kind of makes me a little suspicious of the whole situation. Mm-hmm. Anytime where someone's like, hey, I will get this supernat- quote unquote supernatural being to do something if you do something for, like, I understand mm-hmm. there's always going to be a give and take part of every relationship. However, you're telling me a mongoose mm-hmm. wants this teenager to yeah. get something and then it will what no yeah this isn't adding up and i'm not good at math so if i think it's not adding up then it's really not adding up needless to say harry and richard didn't seem completely convinced about jeff uh in the pair's book titled the haunting of cashin's gap there is no outward statement saying that the pair believed jeff was a spiritual phenomena of any sorts most reports I came across painted the notion that Harry and Richard were underwhelmed by the whole situation. They were like, okay, great. We just spent all this money and time coming to the island and uh, couldn't even get a mongoose to talk to us. 
So, yep. Cool. Having said that, there is still one more investigation that I wanted to kind of chat about, and that involves Nandor Fedor. So I had name-dropped Nandor again in episode 39 about Helen Duncan because he was also associated with that case or those multiple cases revolving around Helen Duncan. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll provide a little bit more of a bio just so we're better acquainted. We know who we're getting involved with. Sure. So Nandor was born a Taurus on May 13th of 1895, which is actually my dad's birthday, minus he was not born in 1895. But... <laughs> Dad would be very old if he was born in 1895. (laughs) Anyways, Nandor uh, was born in Hungary, where he would later move to the U.S. before going to Britain. Uh, And when he was in Britain, he would work for a newspaper company. Nandor was once associated with Sigmund Freud, a.k.a. the founder of psychoanalysis and someone that I was disturbingly obsessed with in high school. Like, not disturbingly. (laughs) I was just, I was so fascinated by him. I was like, oh my gosh, this man knows everything. Blah, blah. Like his, his thoughts are so, his work is so interesting. And then I mm-hmm. kept reading. I was like, oh, this guy just has a Coke problem and yeah, has a lot of weird things with parents and their children, sexuality. Yeah. Questionable. Mm-hmm. Questionable. Anyways, founder of psychoanalysis. Uh, in which I believe Nandor took his knowledge of mental health and like the psyche and attributed to his investigations into spiritualism. So that's kind of really interesting to me because I work, used to work primarily mental health. Obviously, I still work with people who have mental health diagnoses and what have you in my current job, but Mm -hmm. that's my education, career, what have you. So the Mm -hmm. fact that he kind of, Nandor mixed both of them to try and explain and debunk certain cases. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. You don't see that a That's lot That's really now. cool. Yeah. Yeah, really cool. He's like, I'm, I'm going to use, I'm using the term science a little bit loosely because it's not really science, but it's, but it's kind of science, like the science of the mind. Yeah, like I'm, I'm going to use this like mm-hmm. data and compare it to these pseudo-religious yes. beliefs to see what matches and what doesn't match. Like, what makes sense and what doesn't. Yeah, so basically, if there was a reported haunt, Nandor took the approach of seeking if there was a cognitive or emotional trigger behind the activity, as opposed to just writing it off as a spiritual phenomenon. So he wouldn't just go and be like, oh, yeah, it's a demon. Mm -hmm. He'd be like, okay, no, what's going on with this person? When did this start? Why, you know, like... It, I just, I get the sense he would really dive deep into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I might start developing an obsession about learning about Nandor after this episode. That's fair. You know what? It is what it is. I can't help it. This is who I am. Anyways. I'm not going to yuck your yum. You do, you oh, do you. I hate that statement so much. But thank I do you. too. Okay. Uh, I do too. Knee-jerk response. <laughs> I am not going to uh, gavel, gavel your gang gang, so. Thank you. You, you know go. what? I appreciate that. And that's why we're friends. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. So I'm not sure when exactly Nandor went to visit the Irvings and Jeff, other than it took place in 1935. So what I could gather is that Nandor also didn't buy into Jeff and believes Jeff was actually a split part of James's personality. Mm-hmm. Neither of the investigations really painted Jeff as something actual. And before Lindsay and I were recording, we were briefly chatting about the case. Mm-hmm. And I were, again, I've heard about it so many times. And at, at one point I was like, oh, maybe this is a legit thing. Maybe this was like a haunting or what have you or a possession. Mm-hmm. No, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it's guys, it's it's not. Mm-hmm. It's It's neither of those things. Yeah. Given the fact that both investigations didn't outwardly prove Jeff's existence, skepticism of Jeff being an actual talking mongoose, among other things, began growing. Many began coming to the conclusion that Bori Irving was actually Jeff. She was causing all these quote unquote phenomena to happen. Mm-hmm. And some people believe that she was doing this through ventriloquism. Yes. Ventriloquism. Yes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Ventriloquism. To play out an imaginary friend. 
The oftentimes described hoax revolving around the freaky, extra clever mongoose slowly began becoming less discussed in newspapers and among social circles on the island and outside of the island. Now jumping forward to 1970, a journalist by the name of Walter McGraw actually tracked down Vori Irving and persuaded her to do an interview. So he's like, hey, you had a talking mongoose. And I'm sure she was like, shit, you found me. (laughs) I don't want to talk about those. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Yeah, that old chestnut, that old piece of my upbringing. Some people smoke and drink when they're teenagers. Other people have talking mongooses as friends, imaginary friends. I don't mm-hmm. know. Anyway, so in this interview, Vori was quoted saying, quote, I was shy. I still am. He, Jeff, made me meet people I didn't want to meet. Then they said I was mental or a ventriloquist. Believe me, if I was that good, I would jolly well be making money from it now. Jeff was very detrimental to my life. We were snubbed. The other children used to call me the spook, which... It's mean. That's rude. It's mean. And I think is also a racist term, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't know. That's... I don't like it. Eh. I had to leave the Isle of Man, and I hope that no one where I work now ever knows the story. Jeff has even kept me from getting married. How could I ever tell a man's family what oh. happened? End quote. That's rough. Also, spook is uh, slang for a, a ghost, a spy, or it's, it's a, a racial slur thing, right? for um, black people. Oh, well, that's not nice. What the fuck? That's not nice at no. all. No, so in any capacity. In any capacity, yeah, it's, no. it's mean to bully people. Yeah, racial or otherwise, it's not okay to say that. Yeah. No. That's interesting that she said it's been, like, she had to leave. It was so bad she had to leave the island. And that she is, like, perpetually single. Like, that she can't be in a relationship with somebody. Like, that's really sad. I It makes you wonder, too. Like, I know before we were talking about how it seemed like Bori, obviously, was behind it to some degree but do you think james mm-hmm. was a little bit of the instigator here he's like hey we're on an island it's 1935 1931 19 whatever it's the 1930s let's make some extra money amazon prime only comes mm-hmm. once a month i can't get a job there you know yeah. what i mean like i just i think there was an opportunity for the family to make money yeah and he was the one that was sending all the letters out to people yeah to come yeah. and investigate um, he didn't dissuade reporters from coming to do local investigations or to snoop around. Um, no. If she was behind this, which I'm, she was. Um, you know, she was. I feel like it was probably something at her father's insistence. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And so piggybacking off of that whole we can make money off of this idea. Yeah. That would make sense why she'd be like, oh, Vori should be getting a gramophone um, mm-hmm. or I'm not going to talk to you. So she was using yeah. it as an opportunity to also better herself in some way yep. as a teenager. Because, of course, a teenager is not going to think of money necessarily. They're going to think of something no. cool that they want. And absolutely having your own yeah. old-timey record player is pretty would cool. Would be pretty dope. Yeah, it'd be pretty yeah, dope. Yeah, exactly. I I agree, and I don't think this is in any way to shame the family. Mm-hmm. I mean, desperate times call for desperate measures. You have to do what you have to do to make money. Mm-hmm. I do kind of feel bad for Vori because I get the sense that in the moment as a teen, she definitely was like, yep, I'll do it, whatever. And then now it's like, okay, this is following me no matter where I go. Yeah. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe I don't want to play the mental illness card, but maybe there was some something aspect of that to this yeah. as well. On primarily, I'm going to say the part of the father because he's the one that was like, "Yeah, I choose violence all the time. I, yep, um, I choose to shoot at things. Yeah, just you know, I'm just randomly going to shoot at things and bark at things, and it's fine. Yep. Um, you know, so who knows? But it is um, 
a little bit of like a cautionary tale type of thing. Like, yeah, you know, be mindful of that your actions in your youth, they could follow you into adulthood, you know, and um, it's just unfortunate that of all the people involved in this case, that she's the one that's really like has to live with it for the rest of her life. Yeah. Yeah, that's really being hit by it the most. And granted, she was the one kind of behind it. But at the same time to like, yeah, be sort of shamed off the island. And when you're already a shy person on an isolated area, like in an isolated area as an island. Yeah. And and have it like just follow you to the point where because it was so publicized, Mm -hmm. there's nowhere you can go where someone's not going to recognize your name. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And yeah, I it's an interest. It's a weird case. So thank you for recommending it. This mm-hmm. is this is weird. And yeah, even though, again, we've both heard it before, I think talking about it, it's like, oh, wow, there's a lot. There's so many layers to this. This is an onion. This is. Yeah, like it, it is. It's a blooming onion. It is a of a blooming case. onion of a case. And now I'm starving. <laughs> we should probably start wrapping this up. Yeah. Lindsay, I wanted to hear from you. I know we kind of just talked about it a bit, but Final answer, what do you think? Do you think Jeff the Talking Mongoose was real? Was was he a ghost? Was he a cryptid? Was he a mongoose? Was what was he what do you think? Final answer, what do you think? I think perhaps it started as some sort of critter that was trapped inside the walls mm-hmm. and it evolved into this elaborate hoax of a thing. I don't think it was an actual creature. I don't think it was an actual, you know, mongoose or a ghost or a what have you. I think it started as maybe it had some ties to reality at the very beginning. But mm-hmm. then by the end of it, it was just complete yeah, lies. Yeah, it started as something. Someone saw it as an opportunity. They ran with it. They got everybody mm-hmm. else involved. Because let's not forget, Margaret was involved. I don't know how much mm-hmm. she was involved, but she was in the house. Gilbert Gilbert was a crown possession. We don't know what was going on with him. He dealt yep. with his own things internally. Whatever. James, obviously very involved. And I just, yeah, I agree. And um, I, I think it makes a good story. In the mm-hmm. 1930s, you're coming off. No, you're still dealing with the Great Depression, right? Yep. So mm-hmm. it's all doom and gloom. And World War Two is mm-hmm. on the horizon. World War One is just finishing up, or what have you. The Titanic also just sunk a couple of years before. Yeah. In 1912. <laughs> like, there's so much going on in the world that's depressing. So yeah, let's get lost in some weird tale from an island that no one really knows too much about and yeah you have a story yeah i definitely yeah i feel like it was yeah just a way to perhaps pass the time and maybe maybe it's something where it started as something harmless amongst like the neighbors or whatever and they had to keep up the ruse once the news got involved i'm sure it started as some harmless thing Maybe it was Vori doing like an imaginary friend type of thing and her family just kind of rolled with it. But then it snowballed into... You could almost say it was... Uh, something crazy. Weird distraction from everyday life. You could. You could. One might say. One might say. And I want to hear what everyone else has to say. If you're tuning in, if you have thoughts, opinions, please feel free to shoot me an email or send me a DM. Before we wrap up this episode, Lens, can you please let folks know where they can tune in to Yield Crime one last time, when you release episodes, where they can stream you, sure. give them all you got. So again, you can find Yield Crime wherever you're listening to Weird Distractions. We release new episodes every Wednesday um, and bi-weekly on Saturdays. Um, you can visit our website, yieldcrimepodcast.com. That's old with an E in it. So don't forget the E in old. And yeah, that's us. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for suggesting this case. And I hope to have you on again soon. Anytime. If you've enjoyed today's Weird Distractions episode, please consider telling your friends, family, coworkers, 
anyone who you think needs a distraction about the show. Doing so is one of the best ways to support this show for free. Speaking of supporting the podcast for free, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Good Pods, Spotify, or whatever platform you're tuning into. When it comes to any corrections that need to be made or perhaps some constructive feedback, please feel free to send me an email at weirddistractionspodcast at outlook.com. Are you looking to rep some Weird Distractions merch? Please check out the link in today's show notes for the bonfire link. It's never a bad time to treat somebody you love or perhaps treat yourself. Although the Patreon page is currently on an indefinite hiatus, I just want to thank the previous patrons of the show. Tom, Bailey, Angela, John, Alicia, Lynn, Shadow, Courtney, Cheryl, Susan, Jennifer, and Kristen. Thank you for supporting the Patreon page. I truly appreciate every single one of you. For those on social media, Weird Distractions can be found on Instagram, Twitter, Threads, TikTok, and Facebook. Lastly, I'm always wanting to hear from you. I'm looking to hear about your weird paranormal encounters, maybe too close to home true crime cases, and other weird experiences that you're willing to share to be featured on a future Listener Distractions episode. No matter how short, how long, spooky, or just weird, send your tales my way to, again, the show's email address being weirddistractionspodcast at outlook.com. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, if you need a distraction, I got you. Bye. (laughs) 